You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 27. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. It is a pleasure and an honor to have you here for this next 30 minutes. You are wrapping up your semester. If you are listening to this show linearly, then we are only a couple weeks away from Thanksgiving in 2019. Now, as these episodes are actually evergreen, which is a term we use in the industry for topics that always work, right? There's no time limit to them. A lot of uh, my people in the industry with me that I talk with say that I shouldn't be mentioning what time of the year it is and what holidays are coming up because if you come and listen to this episode in, say, May of 2021, you might think, well, that's a year and a half old. It's not worth listening to anymore. There's new information about. Um, that's not how I roll. <laughs> um, you know, you can go and listen to From Sobriety to Recovery, which is a podcast I do for that uh, sector of the world. And all of the topics I talk about are very evergreen. And actually, um, it's unfortunate for the... Look, I, I shoot that one out for the people like me in addiction recovery. It's unfortunate that when people see the title of that, From Sobriety to Recovery, and they don't, they're not in that, or they don't think they have a problem, or they know they don't have a problem, whatever is the reason, they're immediately like, well, this isn't going to be for me. And that's not the case. Any more than people who aren't in college wouldn't benefit from this podcast. I talk specifically to all of y'all in the college world because I have such an affinity for those of you, all of us, who are reaching and rising above what we normally think we can accomplish in life and we're striving to be more. You know, right? That's what I've written about in the book that comes out soon. That's what I talk about in every episode, that no matter where you are in life, there is more for you to achieve and there are more things for you to experience and, and there's just more. And you are only limited to limited by your own mindset around your limitations. Um, it's one of the reasons why in my in my life coaching world that I, t- I call myself a lifestyle architect. I help people, uh, I help people build the life and achieve the lifestyle that they've always wanted. And it's very much of a building process. Your life is a building process. Each day, you're building towards something greater. You're adding a new skill. You're taking a new piece of knowledge and you're turning it into your own inside your head so that you can discuss it one day. This is exactly what you guys are doing. You're building. All of that is why we're talking about limiting beliefs and limiting mindsets in this week's episode. Because after everything I just said, if you don't honestly believe that you can achieve anything it is that you want, then you are suffering from a limiting mindset. What really sparked this topic, because you know I'm sitting there, yesterday and listen, thinking to myself, what is this week's episode going to be about? And so I, I go and I start looking for podcasts that are similar to mine to see what is it, what it is my competitors are talking about. Is it something I should 
be covering? Is it something I already covered? Is it something I don't think needs to be covered? Whatever it might be, right? I'm just I'm out there searching to see what what else is there. So give me a spark for something that I'm already thinking about all the time, and then I my own brain will lead me down the path. So I come across someone, I don't really believe that there is competition in the podcasting world. I think we all have enough space in this world. I believe everybody has enough space in this world for us all to succeed. You really need to take that mindset on sidebar real quick. There is enough space on this planet for every single one of us to succeed. And if you think that you're in competition with every single person you come across that has the same kind of hobbies, talents, skills, major as you. Oh, I better do better than that person. I better not help that person because one day they might take my job. That's the wrong mindset to have. That's scarcity mindset. And we're coming from an abundance mindset, right? If you are a computer science major and your dream job is writing code for Facebook, I can assure you thousands of people are writing code for Facebook. Helping someone next to you learn how to write code better than they currently are isn't going to mean that one day they take your job at Facebook. It just means that they might be sitting next to you at Facebook. Maybe you're their boss, but it doesn't mean that because you helped them that they are going to take your job. And if by some chance that they do take your job, there's another job out there. Uh, Maybe you settled for mediocre and they kept pushing themselves. And therefore they did take your job because you weren't pushing yourself, yourself as hard as they were. Um, I think about the football world. You know, whenever a football team drafts a young quarterback and the current one is sitting there and, you know, they're a little bit older, you know, think um, think Aaron Rodgers, think Eli Manning and how they... If you guys even watch football, this will make sense to you. If not, just give me about a minute to take, to take this and, and surely you've heard of football. But, you know, the New York Giants have a quarterback, Eli Manning. He's pretty old. He's about run his course. They went off and drafted someone new. Eli took him under his wing, started helping helping him out. It turns out Eli didn't keep his job after the second game of the season, and now this other new guy is running the show. Whereas someone like Brett Favre, who was the Green Bay Packers quarterback, refused to mentor Aaron Rodgers. It didn't matter. Aaron Rodgers still went on and became a Hall of Fame quarterback. But there's, it's two different mindsets, scarcity versus abundance. You're, if, if somebody takes your job, then you, it didn't necessarily take it as much as you gave it to them because you didn't try as hard as that you actually could have to maintain. And there is a point in time where, you know, if you're 40 years old and you're throwing a football, someone 22 years old is probably going to be able to throw it better. Um, they certainly have a lot more time to get better, and you're already on your way out, right? So look at it as no matter who you help, they're not going to take anything from you. You're going to willingly give it. And one of the things that comes from all that, right? One of the main foundational riptides that's going on inside of your head is this limiting mindset of what it is you can achieve and what it is that you can't achieve. Someone like Tom Brady, who's well into, I think he's 41 now. He's he's younger than me, but not by much. He's still playing at an all-pro level in the NFL, whereas there are some quarterbacks who at 24, 25 are already carrying a clipboard, lost their starting job, and they'll be out of the league in a few years, right? Because it's this service to excellence. It's this mindset that I can continue to achieve as long as I put in the work. There will be times when your mind and your body and your emotional 
integrity, those things start to break down and you might have to move on to a different kind of job. You will have to move on in life. That is natural, right? Who you are at 20 isn't who you are at 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. Things will change that are out of your control, but your mindset is always in your control. So after all of that, let's get down to brass tacks here because when I'm listening, going back to what sparked me to do this episode to begin with, is yesterday I'm listening to, and again, not a competitor, just somebody with a similar show to mine, and he's got some issues with limiting mindset. In fact, I heard him, I mean, this guy's got a podcast talking to students and, and, and teachers and faculty about how you know to be better at what they're doing, and this guy's just spewing out tons of limiting beliefs, limiting mindset practices that he's following down. And he has enough self-awareness to at least be able to acknowledge that the things he's saying he could overcome. But the way he's framing them, especially to his audience, is that of, you know, I can't do this because I've never done this. I don't see why I should do this. I I don't know how to do this. So I'm just going to continue with this current behavior, even though it's frustrating me and I really wish I could change it. Well, that's the point, guys. You can change any kind of mindset you have around something if you just determine that you want to, right? I mean, it really comes down to how much is it that you want to change something. Uh, There's an importance factor to wanting to make a change. There's the confidence level you have in making the change and the readiness level that comes around the ability to make this change. So why is identifying a limiting mindset important? Because if you're trying to achieve something and you're not, and you feel that you want to, there's this internal drive, but for some reason there's like this invisible barrier that's keep, that keeps blocking you from your achievement. It's your mindset. You know, what is a limiting mindset? Do you say things to yourself like, well, this is how I've always done it, or I just can't change it. Um, I don't know why I do it this way. I just do, and I really wish I could change it. If you're using wish a lot instead of I will or I can, there's your limiting mindset. What a limiting mindset is, is it's a lack of a growth mindset. You know, this is going to be chapter one in my book. You'll read it later. I believe I covered this in, let's see, I think back then I was still calling it open-minded. Um, I completely changed it, but it is episode 12, I do believe, if you want to go back and check it out. But I, t- I framed it as on open mindset. Anyways, I changed it to growth mindset once I really started to hammer down on my research. So what is a limiting mindset? It's anytime you tell yourself you can't achieve something without having tried a thousand times. Thank goodness Thomas Edison didn't have a limiting mindset or we'd all be still sitting in the dark, right? Not really. Somebody else is bound to invent a light bulb. He's just the one who got to it first. Um, How do you identify a a limiting mindset? Literally just told you. Look for ways that the language you use inside your head and the language that you use with your speaking voice are telling you that you can't do something, right? There's going to be plenty of people around you put projecting their limiting belief system, their limiting mindset on you, right? I I see this happening a lot in the industries that have been predominantly white male, where it seems that this limiting mindset that society has put out there that, you know, at least this was the the way it was back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and even 80s. And I think we're still battling it, even in the 90s and the early aughts. You know, we're still looking at this stuff as we walk into 2020, where, 
it seems like we're pushing STEM, science, technology. I forget what the rest of it is. Uh, hold on, let's 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 type in STEM real fast and see what it comes up. Science, technology, energy, science, technology, engineering, and math. And they're really pushing this on minorities in the female population, uh, really getting more young ladies involved in the STEM classes, really getting more minorities involved in the STEM classes, because for whatever reason, you know, whether it's been predominantly um, Caucasian or Asian, um, and other people being told that they can't achieve that. And that's just not the case, right? Whatever somebody else's limiting belief and mindset system is, it's not yours. So if you're looking to identify it, anytime somebody says you can't do that because, and they, if, you know, if you want to become the world's best juggler and you have no arms, then and somebody says, well, it's probably gonna, you probably can't be a world-class juggler because you don't have arms. That is more fact than opinion. You gotta have arms to juggle. I mean, you could if you can learn how to juggle with your feet, bravo. <laughs> you probably are. You're not even listening to this show. You've already. You're already. Your mindset is on the lock. For the rest of us, though, you know, being wanting to be a world class juggler, not having arms, that's gonna that's gonna stop you. But if it's not that drastic, if it's not that obvious, you know. I cannot go off and be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I'm in my young 40s. I've never played professional, let alone high school or college football. I, you know, so if somebody's like, "Well, Jesse told me I can accomplish anything if I work hard enough," you can accomplish being better at football than you currently are, but you can't accomplish going to the NFL if you're 43 years old and you've never played any kind of organized football. So when you want to identify a limiting belief system, a limiting mindset around something, start listening to yourself when you say that you can't do stuff. You know, why is it that you're saying, I, you know, uh, uh, boy, I'd love to be able to write code, but I don't understand math very well. I'd love to write code, but I can't sit in a chair and work on a, work on a computer for more than 15 minutes without getting bored. I'd love to be able to write code, but I don't understand how websites are built. All of these things are learnable if you want to. Is it important enough to you? If something's important enough to you, then in order to get that confidence... All you need to do is just start gathering tools that teach you the thing that you want to learn. When I first decided I wanted to become a public speaker and a college keynote speaker, I had limited knowledge of getting up on stage and speaking. I'd done improv, I've done stand-up, I did a lot of speaking in college and, and in my 20s for corporate America and sales companies. I've been a bartender and a waiter for, for years to supplement my income. I know how to speak in front of people, but how to build a good story, how to captivate the audience, how to how to get them to follow along and not, you know, drift off and start playing, you know, on Snapchat or, or Candy Crush. Those are things I had to learn. And in order to get more confident, I had to begin to learn the tricks of the trade. I had to learn how to stand still on stage, how to control my voice fluctuations, how to use communication strategies to lock in all the different kinds of communication strategies people in the audience use, right? There's people who use feeling words, hearing words, and vision words, and you've got to be sure you're using those at the appropriate times to keep everybody engaged. So, once I got more of those skills, I became more confident. I would I started asking people if I could come speak. I put, started putting on speaking engagements, and then I got became more confident. Readiness, I mean, 
if you if it's seriously messing you up that you're in college, regardless of your freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, if it's if it's really starting to to grind your gears that you aren't doing something that you really want to do, then you're ready. And if you keep saying, I really want to learn how to play the guitar, I really want to go and, and, and get on the, the, the board of a certain organization, maybe you want to be the secretary or the vice president or the president of a certain organization on your campus, but you, do, you can't get yourself to just raise your hand and say, I want to run for that, right? But it's eating you up. It's all you're thinking about. Then there's a fear, right? We talk about this a lot. It's my second power principle, courage. Do you have the courage to step through your fear and be okay with the fact that you may not perform as well as you'd like right off the bat? But if you continue to practice and you continue to work on your craft, you'll get better. There's an amazing, amazing sense of accomplishment that comes from just stepping through that limiting mindset, having the courage to walk through that fear, the limiting mindset has literally anchored inside of you, and coming out the other side. Even if the results aren't everything that you had envisioned, the fact that you were willing to take that step gives you confidence the next time you want to take the step. It gives you the the positive mindset to say, if I say I'll do it, I'll do it. This again is part of, this is number five of my power principles, discipline. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. You have the discipline to stick through it. It's something I've been battling with a lot lately, and I'm really using a lot of my arms to talk right now because I'm I'm very into what I'm talking about. I have been speaking at a lot of places I'm very comfortable at. I've been I've been speaking quite frequently, but I'm ready to step out of my comfort zone and start visiting colleges and universities that I haven't yet spoken to. In the process of doing this, I have to call up colleges and universities I have no connections at, I have no connections to, I have no connections with. And this week I called up 10, 15 different colleges and universities just here in the Los Angeles area, introduce myself to hopefully the right person so that they have a a chance to at least now they know my name. Now they've gotten an email. Now they know I exist. How long and how far of a journey it's going to take until I get to stand in front of some of the students there is unbeknownst to me, right? But it was a matter of taking that step. I've since learned, because I started calling them, oh, this is some of the information they're going to want to know. These are some of the things that I should say so that I stick out better than every other, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry who calls them up and says, I want to come to your university and speak. Tons of people want to speak. Yes, it is not bazillions of people, but there is enough that I have no doubt the people I talk to have already heard from somebody similar to me within the last month. So how am I going to stick out? But I wouldn't know all of the things that I could be saying, should have been saying. I wouldn't know how the conversation is going to go if I wasn't willing to step through that fear I had of being told no, of being ignored, of being passed around on, on the through the phone chain, basically because no one wants to deal with me, right? There's a lot of people who just like, I don't know what to do with this guy. I pass him on to the next, pass him on to the next. That's going to happen to you. Knowing that they're just doing their jobs or they don't really know who they're who you're supposed to talk to, battling through that, that's part of the limiting mindset. I had a real crisis 
crisis of consciousness, crisis of faiths, whatever it might be, on Tuesday when I called many of these colleges and it was just like, oh my goodness, you know, this is going to take forever. What if they don't like me? What if I talk to them for 15 hours and then they still say no? And then what if I say the wrong thing now and that comes back to haunt me? And it was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. This is going to collapse around me. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. No one's ever going to hear me talk. I might as well just go and, and get a job, you know, shoveling sand from one beach to the next. That's all my life is going to be. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I spiraled down. I've spiraled down the most wicked, limiting mindset, whole cave, cavern that you could possibly imagine. And I tell you this story because I do not want you to think for a moment that because I have a microphone in front of me and I've got years of experience and this NLP master practitioner and, you know, and all of this, you know, all of these skills I've accumulated and then somehow I am just immune to limiting beliefs and limiting mindset. It's not that way. It doesn't work that way. Everybody who's got some taste of success, everybody who's successful, at some point begins to raise the bar for themselves and strive for something more. And then they find that they're getting bit by the limiting mindset bug again. Even even, uh, dude who owns Tesla, uh, Elon Musk, even that dude has got some limiting mindsets, right? He One of his rockets blows up, what, trying to take off. Oh my goodness, we're never going to get this. We're never going to figure it out. Shake it off, move forward, right? Try to land the rocket on some platform in the middle of the ocean, completely miss it. Next thing you know, the rocket's sinking to the bottom of the ocean. Oh my goodness, we're never going to figure this out. We're never going to be able to land a rocket. We're not going to be able to reuse them. This is never going to be affordable. Mars, too bad, right? Shake it off, move forward, right? You see these people doing it, and yet you think that you can't be one of these people doing it. When Elon Musk was 21 years old, he may have had dreams of going to Mars, but I guarantee you society as a whole was telling him, dude, you are not going to be able to figure out a way to get people to Mars and be able to make it affordable enough for people to come back and forth. You're not going to be able to do it. And yet he has started something that, Now, people do sincerely believe we're going to have people living on Mars and we're going to be able to send them back and forth. And this is going to happen before the end of this century. A lot of people think it's going to happen before 2050. And this is something that in 1980, people would have been like, oh, that's Star Trek. That's not real. Right? Because people power through limiting beliefs. They power through limiting mindsets. You have to know why you want to accomplish something ding, 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 asterisk this, really pay attention to this. Why do you want to accomplish something is more important than what you're going to do to accomplish it or how you're going to accomplish it, right? If you want to lose 100 pounds, your why is going to be what drives you out of bed every day. It's going to be what drives you past the Dunkin' Donuts and to Veggie Grill. It's going to push you whenever willpower seems to fail you, your why will be so deeply anchored that you will you will not let other things get in its way. You know, what you want to, like, you know, some people say, I want to lose some weight. Well, what's what's that look like to you? That's not as important as why. What that's going to look like, what weight you'll be, what clothes you'll buy, all those what's, none of them will matter as much as the why. Because the why is the fuel. How you're going to lose that weight 
whether it's going to the gym or it's eating healthier. Again, these are all practices that you're going to do that will lead you to the why. So when you're having these limiting belief issues, ask yourself, why is it you want to accomplish this thing in school or this thing in life? There are so many things that you can do and attend and experience in college. If you say, boy, I'd really like to go to the photography club and start taking pictures. Well, why? Because what kind of pictures you're going to take and how you're going to take them matters very little if you're not so so deeply set in the why that you push yourself to go to the photography club meetings. And then there you figure out what kind of pictures you're going to take, how you're going to take them, what kind of equipment you'll use, right? Because if the why isn't strong enough, you'll never even leave your house to go. For so many of you, you've already got blasted through some insane, insane amounts of limiting beliefs and mindsets just to get to college. I realize now, coming on 2020, that back whenever I was going to school in the mid-90s all the way to the early 2000s, um, I was the second generation. You know, I had three or four of my relatives go to college, but not all of them. You know, not all my aunts and uncles went to college. You know, my 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 bio dad didn't go to college. My stepdad didn't even graduate. But, you know, my stepmom did. My mom did graduated high school, and that's where she stopped. So there was still... a a mingling, a mixing of who went to school and who didn't. By the time, you know, my generation, here I am in my 40s, most of my friends have had kids. We all went to school, right? Our kids are definitely going to be second generation, if not third. But there's not a huge population that can say that they're fourth generation college students. So for a lot of you all, if your parents went, but their parents didn't go, you're just second generation. You had to battle through some mindset issues and some belief issues where, like, you know, could you afford it? Could you maintain the GPA you needed to stay in and keep your scholarship? Could you balance work and school and a social life and a relationships and all these things? Right? You, you still had all these unknowns because you weren't dealing with a lot of proof in your family's lineage that said, this is definitely achievable. By the time you guys have your kids, you're definitely going to be looking at a lot of fourth generation college kids, right? Because, you know, you're you're 20, I'm 40. By the time you have kids 20 years from now, you know, your parents will have your parents. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if we can figure this out. You'll be looking at your kids who great, great parents would be my parents, that's right. So you'd be looking at the great grandparents, the grandparents, which would be me, and then you'd be the parents, and then your kids, and all of these people will have gone to school. So there'll be less of that kind of limiting belief system around going to college. But once you get there, you know, if you're if your whole family has always been, you know, um, middle management, or your whole family's always been, you know, nurses, your whole family's been maybe a particular, you know, station in life, a certain kind of income, and you've decided you want to go above it, you can. You're just going to have to start looking for other people to fuel that because there's going to be some limiting beliefs and limiting mindsets coming from those in your family because they're going to project what they think they can accomplish. They're going to project that onto you and say, well, this is all you can accomplish. Not a lot, not all, maybe a lot, but not all of you are going to face that. A lot of your parents, hopefully, follow this growth mindset curriculum that I push, and they say you can accomplish anything. 
the key part that is often left out after that you can accomplish anything is the if you're willing to work your ass off for it. See, you can be mired in this limiting mindset and belief forever. And then you can say, okay, I'm going to go above it and I'm going to become more. But if you don't put in the effort, you won't experience it. So that's the overall gist of a limiting belief and mindset system. What we're going to talk about next week is going to be how you take on the values that will bring this, um, how your values drive and govern your decisions, how your filters in your head. This is some really cool stuff. When an external event happens, it goes through your eyes and it gets into your brain. And then there's these filters that where you will delete, distort, or generalize whatever you've just seen, whatever it is you've just experienced. And the way that these filters are determined is is based on your beliefs, your values, and your memories. So the beliefs that you have, the values that you have, the memories of, of what you've already experienced, those are in there. And every external event, everything that you see comes into your brain. And through the beliefs, values, and memories filters, you will either delete it, distort it, or generalize it. And then it becomes this internal perception, this story that you run in your head. And it can either be a negative or a positive one for whatever you've just seen which will bring about a state. And this is a state is an emotional feeling from it. It can be positive or negative. You can feel joy, happiness, uh, confidence. Jealousy is a negative one. Um, fear, um, sorrow, um, depression are negative states. Then you have the positive states. So this external event, you see, um, you see a man walk up to a woman and give her a rose. Based on you, that, so you've seen that, and it goes inside your head. You, the filters, which are your beliefs, values, and memories, all right, those filters are either going to de- delete, distort, or generalize, right? You know, if it's if you don't believe love is real and exists, then you're going to generalize that, that you know, oh, sure, he gave her a rose, but he's probably cheating on her, right? Like if you've got that kind of belief system, if you believe that love is amazing and beautiful, a man hands a woman a rose and you're like, oh my gosh, it's true love happening right in front of me. I bet you they're madly in love and they're going to live happily ever after because that's your belief, right? That's your generalization that you're going to make about what you've just seen because you don't know anything else about it. You just saw a rose given to a, from a man to a woman. That goes inside and becomes this internal inner perception, becomes this story of what you've just seen. And then all this happens in like 1.2 zillionths of a second. This will give you a state. If you believe that love doesn't exist and that man's really cheating on the woman and he's giving her the flower so that she doesn't realize what's really happening, that's, that state can make you sad and depressed for her, for him, for love, for life on this planet. And now you have an external response. You might go around the rest of the day just being mean and negative towards people and you don't even realize it was because of what you saw, man, flower, woman. If you believe that love is amazing and beautiful and it happens every single day all around you, man, flower, woman occurs, right? Then the generalization you have within your belief system is that love is eternal and it's beautiful and it's amazing. That's the story you tell yourself. It gives you this positive state of joy and happiness and and beauty of love. And now you walk around all day and you're happy and you're in a great mood and and you pay it forward and you spread love everywhere. The pay it forward idea happens whether it's a positive or negative response, right? It happens all the time. 
If you have a negative response to something you've seen or a positive response, you're going to pay that energy forward. And that energy comes from your belief system. It comes from your mindset. It comes from the values, your memories. It comes from all of that. And we're going to really dive into this moving through the next couple weeks because going into December, all of you are going to be out of school. And we're going to start talking about ways to really set yourself up for success and really build your habit structure when you're not in school. Again, if you're listening to this non-linearly and you're in the middle of a semester, what I'm going to be talking about in December, you know, about preparing yourself when you're not necessarily under the gun, under the wire, I don't like to use uh, metaphors with the word gun in them, um, you're not... If you're under if you're under the wire of deadlines all the time, sometimes you can forget about self growth and personal transformation, and about really taking some time out and making sure that you are growing as a person. So we're going to really focus on that because we're going to be finishing up not only a year but a decade. And I don't want any of you walking into the next year and decade holding on to these limiting beliefs and limiting mindsets. And so we're going to be doing a lot of work on this. I can't wait. It's going to be so enjoyable. It's going to be so much fun. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate me, review me. It helps whatever platform you're listening to me on, whatever your favorite podcasting app is, go to it. Whatever amount of subscribing, rating, reviewing they allow, please accomplish that for me. Um, I've been getting a ton of love on Spotify for this show and for Apple iTunes. And uh, I've just recently broke 90 countries, which is insane. I have no idea how people in Afghanistan have found this podcast. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea how people in Ukraine and Iceland and Finland are finding me. Uh, it, it, I don't even know how that happens. Uh, fingers crossed it's not just some spam bots out there listening to me. But I think iTunes has things in place to make sure that doesn't happen. So either way, guys, uh, whether you're listening to me stateside or around the world, what I talk about is universal. It's evergreen. It can help you no matter when or where or how you found me. So again, thank you so much for checking me out again today. Went a little bit over. I got super excited about this one. Um, You now know why identifying a limiting mindset is important, what a limiting mindset is, how to identify it. And remember, if you're one of these what-if people, what if you can't get out of a limiting mindset, that itself is a limiting mindset. That itself is a limiting belief. If you hear yourself saying, I can't, I never have, I've always done it this way, but you don't want to do it that way anymore, you want to start accomplishing things differently, then just start saying, I haven't ever played the guitar, but I know I can. I know I can. I'm going to start. Just start. That action is my fourth power principle. It is so important. No matter what you think you can't do, it is literally one step away from starting. And once you've got one step, I promise you, you'll want to take another and then another. And before you know it, you will have motivation. Before you know it, you will have momentum. And then discipline and flexibility and tenacity can take hold. And I swear, you'll blow yourself away with what you can accomplish when you just start being all about that action. All right, that's it. That's it. Take care. We'll see each other next week. Bye-bye.